This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from experts across the U.S. Ringler Associates, celebrating 35 years of successfully helping injured people and their families. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're sure glad you could join us again today. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we're very pleased to have as our special guest a true champion for the disabled, who will share with us his interesting and lifelong journey and tell us about the constant battle he's been waging for the disabled. He'll also let us know just how that fight is progressing. But before we get to all that, let me introduce my co-host and colleague at Ringler, Randy Dyer, from our Rockville, Maryland office. Randy recently came to Ringler after a stellar uh, stint as the executive director of the National Structure Settlement Trade Association. In fact, he currently serves on the NASTA board of directors even to this day. And uh, we're certainly glad to have you at Ringler, Randy, and so welcome to Ringler Radio. Thank you, Larry. It's great to be here. Well, our special guest today is Tony Coelho. Tony's chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities and the past chair of the board for the Epilepsy Foundation. And many of you will remember Tony as a former U.S. congressman from California who authored the Americans with Disabilities Act and has dedicated his life to helping people living with disabilities. Welcome to Ringler Radio, Tony. We're certainly glad to have you. Thank you very, very much, Larry. It's great to be with you today. Well, Tony, you have a very interesting backstory, and uh, why don't you share with our listeners uh, your personal story and, and how it led you to where you are today? Well, Larry, uh, I was uh, uh, from California, Central California, raised on a dairy farm, and I had an accident on a pickup truck uh, on the dairy farm, hit my head, and about a year later, I started uh, having uh, seizures at the time. Um, my family didn't know what it was or actually wouldn't accept that they were seizures. Uh, they uh, wouldn't accept epilepsy, and so when told by the doctors it was epilepsy, uh, they refused to accept it. I went to other doctors, and they were told again that it was epilepsy, and they refused to accept that. So then I finally went to witch doctors, and during this whole time, my family never told me that it was epilepsy, and I was uh, 16, 17 years old. Uh, they kept it away from me. I kept on milking cows and, <laughs> and going to school and doing what you normally do as a 16, 17-year-old, but having these uh, passing out spells, as I called them. And uh, finally, after three witch doctors, I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. Uh, the What the hocus-pocus you go through for that, um, I didn't believe in and didn't want to, and so I continued with the passing out spells with no medication or anything, um, but uh, the family was taught that if you had epilepsy, it meant you were possessed by the devil, and uh, they believed that, and I always joke at this point that my Republican friends know I'm possessed by the devil, but to have your family believe that is a different thing. <laughs> um, and so uh, I went on 
did well in school and and I was outstanding senior and student body president. Went on to college, uh, continued with the passing out spells, and then I decided in 1964 to enter the Jesuit uh, seminary, become a Catholic priest. Wow! And um, on uh, doing that, I had to take a physical, and the, the uh, doctor said to me after the physical, he said, "Have you ever had?" passing out spells or headaches or whatever. And I said, oh, yeah, all the time <laughs> uh, for at least five years. And he said, well, they ever tell you what you've been to a doctor? They tell you what it was? I said, well, I've been to a lot of doctors, uh, witch doctors and so forth, uh, but uh, I was never told uh, what it was. He said, well, it's pretty obvious what it is. The tests uh, say that you have epilepsy. Mm. And uh, I'd never heard the word. And um, so he described to me what it was, and then he said, tell me about the witch doctor. So I did, and he said, well, I can tell you what's going on here. He said, uh, your family obviously uh, doesn't believe in epilepsy, and then he told me that culturally that a lot of different groups uh, uh, didn't believe in epilepsy and that uh, the Catholic Church in 400 AD had established uh, in canon law that uh, if you had epilepsy, or possessed by the devil, you couldn't be a priest, and that had built up over the years that uh, they were one and the same. Mm. And so he said, so that leads me to what I have to tell you. Uh, first off, it's 1964, you're 4F, you don't have to serve in Vietnam, mm. you are you will never serve in the military. And the bad news is that uh, canon law says you can't be a priest because of your you have epilepsy. Uh, so I can't let you into the Jesuit seminary. So I was uh, kicked out mm. of the seminary, and I felt good about it from the point of view that for the first time in five years, I knew um, what my problem was uh, medically. That's, and that's... Uh, so I would take a pill, and and it would uh, hopefully control my seizures. Now, I still have seizures to this day. I'm 69. Uh, so I still have seizures this day, but I, they're not as severe, and uh, and I have had, ended up having a, a good life uh, after finding out what it was. The problem was is that uh, I lost my driver's license because the doctor had, had to immediately tell the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles that I had epilepsy, so by law, you immediately have your license taken away. Mm -hmm. I lost my insurance. Um, on every job application, the word epilepsy was there, and I checked the box. And all these people who were trying to get me to to join them as an employee, because I was outstanding senior and student body president, great grades, now because I marked the box, were no longer interested in, in me working for them. Um, and my parents rejected my epilepsy, and we ended up not uh, having a relationship uh, for 25 years. Um, oh. I started drinking heavily. Um, I was drunk by 3 o'clock in the afternoon uh, every day. Uh, is that, is that when you're considered Congress? No, this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I should have. Huh? <laughs> and then I became suicidal. Um, and then one day I was at uh, a... Uh, was actually a hill, but in those days when I was drunk, I thought it was a mountaintop. And uh, at the bottom of that uh, hill was a merry-go-round, and I could hear these kids getting off and on the merry-go-round. I could see them. 
And for something hit me that day, and I said I want to be just like those little kids, and I was never going to ever let anything stop me from believing in myself and doing what I believed was right for me and so forth. So from that day forward, um, I've never gone there again. I've never uh, been depressed, suicidal. Uh, I've uh, I turned myself around, and, and I ended up uh, going to... Uh, worked for congressmen, became a congressman, went to work at Wall Street, uh, started several businesses. No, no question about it. You've, you've had Donnie, a tremendous Donnie, I, I remember, I've told you this story before. I remember the first time I met you. You were working for uh, the congressman from California. Right. And I can't remember what the issue was or who I was there with, but uh, uh, we went to see the congressman. We talked to you. Uh, we had a brief meeting. I went out in the hall and I turned to the guy next to me and I said, that is a serious guy. He mm-hmm. said, you know, you meet a lot of these staffers who sort of take themselves too seriously, but this guy is going places. Thank you. And uh, I guess the next time I heard about you, you were uh, you were your boss. So uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you chose public service. Well, I decided that, that uh, you know, John Kennedy was my hero. And I decided that if he could give up his life uh, for public service, um, I was uh, thinking about being a trial lawyer. That's what I uh, was going to school for. And I decided at the last moment that I that I wanted to uh, go into the priesthood. And when I got rejected from that, then um, uh, I was lived with Bob Hope for a year. They, uh, Bob Hope and his family. Uh, wow. uh, were helping me come to terms with myself, and uh, he suggested that if you have a mi- you think you have a ministry and you think it only can be practiced in a church, but a true ministry can be practiced in business, in entertainment, uh, in sports, uh, etc. But the one that can have the most impact, if really practiced well, is in politics. And he said, I don't mean working for the government. I mean and politics, and you can you can pass laws, you can change people's lives. And he said, in a church, you can affect maybe a few hundred people or maybe a few thousand people. But actually, if you practice uh, it carefully in, in politics, you can change thousands and millions of people's lives. And I've always given Bob Hope credit for my public service, my career in politics, because as a result of authoring the ADA, uh, it's now the law of the land, not only in the United States, but it's the law of the land in 52 different countries, and millions of people's lives have changed because of Bob, Bob Hope's advice to me. Well, you know, that's a, that's a part of the story. I don't think anybody ever knew the, uh, the influence of Bob Hope. That's quite fascinating. After, after you left Congress uh, in 1989 and you had a successful stint on Wall Street, you also had some several key positions. You held some se- uh, several key positions uh, concerning the rights of the disabled in the Clinton administration. And uh, why don't you give us, uh, tell us a little bit about your work there and uh, give us a peek at how the Clinton administration dealt with the uh, the whole area, the important area of uh, disability. Well, I was very close to uh, the president and Hillary Clinton, and he, he tried to get me to um, be uh, uh, chief of staff, which I wouldn't do, although it's one of the jobs that I really liked in government, but I wouldn't do it because I was uh, still on Wall Street and and uh, I was 
making a lot of money, which I wanted <laughs> to do for my family. Um, and then he convinced me uh, to become chairman of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, uh, which was basically a, a, a group, an agency, uh, where your, your chair pro bono of a agency that got started uh, uh, as a result of people coming back from the Korean War, veterans coming back from the Korean War, and helping them find jobs, disabled vets to find jobs. And then eventually it moved into helping all disabled folks find jobs and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he asked me to do that, which I was happy to do. And I ended up uh, doing that for six years for him. And then he asked me to be the vice chair along with, uh, actually it was really an honor, it was eight uh, cabinet officers uh, uh, for me to be the uh, vice chair of this commission along with the secretary of labor was the the chair of it. But it was for adults uh, with disabilities to, to get jobs. And... So I did that for, for two years and we ended up as a result of that creating the, um, the assistant secretary of labor, uh, for disability policy. Mm-hmm. And we also worked on starting process to count the number of people with disabilities, how many are working, how many not, uh, how many people actually in the United States. And so we started all that. And then he appointed me as co-chair of the U.S. Census Monitoring Board, which was a rather interesting task, and then also the commission to study the intelligence agencies, um, and then one year to do uh, the World's Fair in Portugal. I represented the United States as ambassador for a year. So he mm-hmm. had me do a lot of different things, which I enjoyed, and he was an amazing individual, uh, he he liked to sleep no more than four hours a night, and he read everything you gave him. Mm. And he was um, uh, extremely involved in what was going on because he read and asked all kinds of questions, and and loved uh, uh, public service and loved uh, um, making things happen. He loved so, the give and take, didn't he? He loved the give and take of policy too, didn't he? He, he liked- loved the give and take of policy, and he loved politics. Yeah, I mean, he, he all fe- he felt it all went together, and but he he was a listener. He loved to he loved to go at you when he thought you were wrong. He didn't mind mm-hmm. taking you on, but he liked to listen. He liked to learn, and he would pick up the phone at two o'clock in the morning and call you and say, "Look, I'm reading your memo, and I don't agree with this." Or, "What the hell did you mean by that?" Yeah, yeah. You'd wish he had a, a better clock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or he, that he slept more. Yeah, exactly, Randy. <laughs> The, uh, you, you were the author of the uh, the AAPD uh, uh, or the of uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, Tony. Uh, can you tell us how that has changed the world? Yeah, uh, it was. Um, you know, people really don't understand. They think that it has uh, uh, only helped uh, those of us with disabilities, but has also changed uh, the life of, of of everybody. For example. Uh, you go out to any street corner and you'll see curb cuts. Uh, those were put there for people with uh, disabilities uh, so that if you're confined to a wheelchair, uh, you uh, can get uh, on and off the curbs. But if you actually stand there and watch at a street corner, 
you'll see that more people without disabilities use those curb cuts than people with disabilities. You'll see no mothers question. and fathers with babies and and uh, baby carriages. Uh, you'll see uh, the elderly use it to get off and on the the curbs. You'll see it uh, that uh, delivery men and women taking goods to the small businesses. I use you'll, it for my briefcase when I roll it right, you know, off yeah, the Yeah, str- the same sidewalk. thing yeah. with business businessmen yeah. and women taking their their roller uh, mm-hmm. uh, cases and so forth. Uh, you see it with young kids with roller blades, roller skates, roller whatever using it, unfortunately. Uh, but you see a lot of people using it, the same thing with uh, voice volume controls on phones, there for the hearing impaired. People use that in noisy places and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it as it, but in effect, what happens now is that before 1990, if you were in a wheelchair, uh, you could legally get kicked out of a movie theater. If you were sight impaired, you could legally get kicked out of a restaurant because they didn't have time to tell you what they had or what was on a menu or whatever. Um, it, legally, a person could ask you uh, about your disability or uh, they could deny you work uh, just by looking and see you had a disability and just say, look, we don't hire the disabled, period. And that was legal. Uh, now, of course, all that has changed. And, and that has been uh, a tremendous advancement. And as I said earlier, you now have basically the ADA, ADA the law of the land, in uh, 52 different countries. And the, the real basic thing is, is that those of us with disabilities have the right, the legal right, to go to court to make sure our civil rights are protected. Prior to July of 1990, we had no right to go to court, no right at all. Well, you know, Tony, what would you say the biggest challenge for Americans with disabilities today is? What, what you know, you, you, talked, a, you with, talked about a lot of those issues. What, what's really facing the disability community right now? Without a doubt, it, employment is the key to living independently in our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a job, uh, you have the ability to take care of your family, you have pride, and providing for yourself, providing for your family, uh, it's what America is all about and so forth. I always, I've told the last five presidents that uh, those of us with disabilities are really the only group in America that wants to pay taxes <laughs> because if you're paying taxes, that means you have a job. And so we, we want our job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, while we've been taken care of in, in access and inclusion and protection of the law, the, the place that we, we still don't have uh, the access that we really want is, uh, is employment. And the actual uh, employment rates have dropped for Americans with disabilities over the last 20 years. Hmm. And we're working hard now to, to get that changed because uh, we're more interested in working than, than getting a handout. We, we want to uh, participate in society like like anybody else, and and that's critically uh, important to us. Now there are people with disabilities um, who can't work, and we want to make sure that those people are taken care of as well. But but the great thing is is that one of the things that Ringler has done is has supported us aggressively in that uh, over the years. No question about it, and I know that. Uh both Randy and I know this very well, that 
Ringler has been a big supporter, and, and rightfully so, a big supporter of the American Association with People with Disabilities. And one of the reasons for that is because I think the AAPD has recognized along the way that structured settlements are a, are a wonderful way to help settle the cases for those folks with disabilities and have, have helped those people manage their financial futures uh, very well. We're going to talk about that, and I want you to deal with that, uh, Tony, after we come back from a break. So let's take a quick break right now and be back in a minute with our fascinating special guest, Tony Quelo, right here on Ringler Radio. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for 35 years. Ringler Radio is celebrating its sixth year right here on the Legal Talk Network, produced by broadcast professionals. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in the settling of physical injury claims. Experience counts. Over $23 billion in structures benefiting 166,000 injured individuals and their families. And one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. Did you know Ringler Radio is one of the top three rated shows in iTunes? Thanks to all of our listeners who download all the Ringler Radio shows. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. My co-host today is Randy Dyer from our Rockville, Maryland Ringler office. And of course, we're joined by our special guest, Tony Quelo, chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities and past chair of the board for the Epilepsy Foundation. And Tony, I know you're very excited about the focus that AAPD now has on young people. Tell us about yeah. where, you're go- where you're going with this uh, right now. Well, I'm particularly excited about what we've been able to do for, for young people. We uh, are very aggressive uh, in giving hope to young people that they can be uh, very involved uh, with uh, American society in general and that they can participate just like uh, like anybody else. We have a partnership, a new partnership with Walmart to mm-hmm. expand our internship program to students with all types of disabilities to come to Washington and intern uh, with Congress, federal agencies, and all kinds of national organizations. We're also starting a national scholarship fund for young people to complete their education, uh, get internships and jobs, and pursue dreams. 
we've just gotten approval of of doing uh, a scholarship for uh, people with disability, young people with disabilities who are interested in law school and 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 who are then will commit uh, five years of after law school to the disability movement, and that is going to be uh, something that we are just got approved, which we'll be announcing sometime within the next few months. Well, you're really the go-to organization in the disability community, it seems. Is right that, now, that right? we are, and we're really excited about that because uh, we want to be able to increase the influence of people with disabilities on Capitol Hill and the administration and so forth. We got President Obama to to do uh, uh, a public service ad, uh, first time that in our community that one has been done um, by by the president, uh, regarding the 20th anniversary of the ADA, we led the effort to get that done. Mm. We were also very involved in getting the passage of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, which is just like uh, the ADA, but focused primarily on uh, people who are sight and hearing impaired. Uh, mm-hmm. And for, but this is the accessibility standards for television and, and radio uh, for digital and online content. So. Some very, very exciting things that have really Tony, when, uh, when uh, the structured settlement industry has on occasion gone to, uh, to war for uh, catastrophically injured people who are their clients, AAPD's been absolutely our, our most important ally. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship? Well, yeah, I can because uh, what people don't understand uh, is that structured settlement, in my view, I've always said is is a a model benefit um it's uh it's it's for those recovering from an accident uh, a structured settlement offers uh, guaranteed payments with no reductions if you go back to work exactly. uh you know in contrast uh, government benefit programs reduce the payments if you go back to work which in effect uh is a disincentive for a lot of people to to go back to work uh, or to even look for for a job. So what happens with structured settlement is that you get the benefit uh, of the settlement, and then you can go back to work and you benefit from all that. So I'm a big advocate of uh, structured settlements and have said so for many, many years. Well, you know, we appreciate that. And as, as Randy said, uh, you know, we've been arm in arm in many of those fights on Capitol Hill to make sure the tax-free status of this product remains in, in place. And we want to thank you for that. Uh, as we wrap up now, though, uh, Tony, how can our listeners learn more about your organization? Where, where do they find you? How do they get to you, especially in this new media age? Well, in this new media age, uh, it's easy to find us at aapd.com uh, or the epilepsyfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. Um, AAPD uh, runs a national uh, e-news e- listserv and blog on disability issues called Justice for All, uh, which you can join for free at aapd.com or on our Facebook and at Twitter at aapd. Uh, and to follow that way you can follow everything that's happening with uh, Americans with disabilities. And the best way to support AAPD is be, by becoming a, a member of ours mm-hmm. and letting your voice be heard. So uh, become a member and, 
and visit our website, and we'd love to have you. Well, I think that's great advice, and for all the listeners out there, uh, please uh, please go to that website. It's a, it's a good one, and I think you'll be fascinated by what you find there. And, of course, you should also go to ringlerassociates.com, which is another good website where you can find uh, Randy Dyer's name and any of the other Ringler brokers uh, that can help you uh, help you resolve the cases that you're involved with. Uh, I want you to know that all the Ringler radio shows, including this one, uh, can be found on ringlerassociates.com and also on the legaltalknetwork.com. So please take advantage of that. You can download them to your iPod, listen to them at your desk, whatever, whatever makes sense for you in your busy world. So, Tony, I want to thank you once again for, uh, for being our guest. It's fabulous to have you on here. Thank you very much. Randy, Larry, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's quite an honor uh, to be on you, your Tony. program. Great. And Randy, again, thanks for co-hosting, and uh, we'll see you soon. So everyone else, go out there and have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. In its sixth year on Legal Talk Network with over a half a million listeners, Ringler Associates, where experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in physical injury claims. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.